we have liftoff. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of The Average Jays Podcast, where we remind you the pop culture news that happened this past week. As always, I am your host, Jay Justin Ruiz. And Jay Jeremy Francois, I like had a brain fart for a second. <laughs> co-host. Co-host. Yeah, so we are the co-hosts. We are The Average Jays, Jay and Jay. We're going to jump into it. We have a pretty long docket. We actually have a couple of quote-unquote world news, like real life stuff that's been going on real thing. that we're going to touch on. Uh, I know we've been mainly sticking to TV and movies the last like two, three episodes, but we're going to break the trend today. Today being May 16th in the year of our Lord, 2023. So continuing the never-ending story Elon Musk. You know what it is. Elon Musk and Twitter in the news yet again this past week. Elon Musk has tapped a new Twitter CEO who is planning to kind of take the reins of Twitter in the next two months. Uh, her name is Linda. I'm going to mess this up. Yakarino. And that's pretty much it. You know, she's, <laughs> she's, uh, I forgot what other thing she did. Oh, she was NBC Universal's former head of advertising and partnership. I knew that she was like in a big that. company. So she did that. Yeah, now she's she's looking to take the reins. Is she supposedly becoming the CEO in order to help turn around the whole like dip in ad revenue that Twitter's been seeing? Twitter lost yeah. cabillions once Elon took the rein like took helm. And every single big you know, advertiser out there has pulled. So we're not even, we're talking about obviously like the big brands and stuff, but we're also talking about agencies because of how volatile the like atmosphere was on Twitter. Everyone pulled, you know, in the time that yeah. Elon took over, I've been at two different agencies. No one wanted to touch it with like a seven foot pole, you know, but like I said, she's on her way. Yacarino is going to be coming in. Uh, straight out of NBC Universal and uh, take over as Twitter CEO and hopefully help those ads. But at the same time, like, do we want more ads on Twitter? Like, let us know. Do you, do, do you love seeing ads on Twitter? Is that like a thing? I'll be the first to answer. I don't care because I don't really use Twitter like that, which I should be because I'm trying to be the most famous person on the planet. Mm -hmm. But, um, I want. I would like to ask someone who is an avid Twitter user. I wonder if they would like that. Because, like, I guess I don't use Twitter enough to know if it's intrusive or not. I'm assuming it hasn't been for a little while, but um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I wonder if the marketplace was kind of like oversaturated before. Yeah, but who who knows, man? <sighs> so coming off of that, we have some news that is like. When I read this headline, it was a little surprising to me. Like, yes. I was like, why? Same. Why? You know? But go ahead, Jay. You take it away. Yeah. So this was, what, a couple of days ago I heard this on the morning news. Mm -hmm. Good morning, America. Giving them a shout out because they need the, you know, the ratings. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're not as big as us. <laughs> they come back and just shut us down. <laughs> Dang it, Disney. Um, so FDA said Thursday, so this was last week, mm -hmm. uh, it had officially eliminated restrictions on donating blood, do blood donations by gay and bisexual men. 
right? That's like, take a moment and think about that. Like that's so like, to me, this is in the vein of like, this is in the vein of like, I know we've spoken about it before. Like, uh, I hope that there comes a time where they're stopped being the first, like this, this, I feel hits the same nerve because I don't understand why there was restrictions. Like, I understand like the mass hysteria around the like the AIDS epidemic um and things of that nature and it being a really big problem in the LGBTQ plus community, but knowing more in the decades since and you know, quote unquote society being more woke and inclusive and all that, I don't even understand why this is a thing. Why there are restrictions. Why yeah, it's more of like why is it happening now, which I do agree. Oh wow. I'm sorry. I'm just like a little distracted because my dog scratched me earlier, and now it's like the integrity of my skin has been damaged. It's been compromised. It's been compromised. Um. Anyway, going back to what you're saying. So I and so again to to what you said. I understand as well why there were restrictions Mm -hmm. back then. Uh, This is 40 years old. This restriction, but it's like why are we now uplifting? And then also, I have another beef with this. This is. This also goes into not just men and um, uh, gay men and bisexual men, but this should, I don't know if this was a thing for women as well back then. I have to do more research on that. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was more stigma, stigmatized with men mm-hmm. because, you know, men and men shouldn't be together. Yeah. Don't get that out of context if you ever cut this out, whoever is listening. But um, that is just, that was the idea back then. But let me just read this thing to you because this is what, like, so. The 40-year-old restrictions were to protect blood supply from HIV, which now we know can be contracted by anyone, no matter who you're having sex with. It's not same sex. It's not that's not a same sex disease. So this uh, little uh, excerpt I pulled from here, uh, where I'm getting this from, is uh, NPR.org. NPR is a great place to get your non-biased information. Restrictions on donating blood date back to the early days of the AIDS epidemic and were designed to protect the blood supply from HIV. At first, gay and bisexual men were completely prohibited from donating blood. But over time, the FDA ultimately relaxed the lifetime ban. However, the agency still kept some limits in place, which is wild to me. So it was, they were lifting limits over time, but you realize, like, I would think at most 10, 20 years, you should have completely lifted it you know what i mean not 40 that's almost half a century yeah it's that you're it's insane so now the newly updated guidelines which uh, this was a shocker to me the newly updated guidelines are aimed at addressing year-long criticisms that the previous policy was discriminatory and outdated and pose yet another barrier to the bolstering bolstering nation's blood supply. Hold on, I didn't get to the crazy part yet. So previously, FDA guidelines for donating, which were last updated in 2020, stated that men who have sex with men are allowed to donate blood after a three-month deferral period in which they refrain from having sex with another man. That's crazy. So you're telling me I'm going to go on a three-month dry spell <laughs> just how wild is that? You're just telling them you can't have sex for three months to donate blood. I'm trying to save a life out here, and you're telling me. You and just, this is the new. This is the new wording. 
No, no. This was that was the this old was one. Back, okay. That was in 2020. Okay. But, but hey, that was you, in 2020. Yes, this is very recent. Oh my god. So back in like 2015, you had to wait three months before having sex to donate. Dude, that's so weird. Because in reality, obviously people with um. I guess any type of blood diseases or diseases that can be transferred through the blood, um, they test that. Like, they test your blood. They don't just stick it in someone and say, like, hey, you know, hope it works out. Like, Here's an Easter egg. You might, you might get a cool one. Yeah. <laughs> Bonus. Uh, what is it? Like, from uh, like the airhead candies, like the mystery flavor. <laughs> yeah, it's not like that. Yeah, one of those. yeah, it's not a gotcha game where you stick in a coin and hope it's something good. Like, Yeah, even for regular doctors, you know, checkups at the doctor. They're like, yo, we check for everything. So why, yeah. you, why is it, why? So it's not even like, it's like, it's out of fear at this point. Yeah, it's and like, I mean, I guess you don't want to cross-contaminate certain things, but at the same time, like, every doctor's office, every medical facility, like, should be hygienic in a, in a sense where, like, you're not cross-contaminating regardless. Yeah. it's and this, this was wild to me. Yeah. Again, I think it strikes the same nerve of like we're still getting first in 2023. We're still having the first whatever accomplish a task. And it's like now we're going to what have the first gay person to donate blood unrestricted? Like that's super weird to me. Yeah, I it's so bad. Like I'm sure anyone listening would agree that this is as Mr. Joe Biden would say, malarkey. Like it it's wild. <laughs> like it it makes it seem like, and again, this goes for not just the LGBT, uh, sorry, I'm missing, LGBTQ plus uh, community, but this makes me think of just any person of color. They just seem less than when you're, if you're not a norm, quote unquote, normal white man or woman that is straight, then you're other, you're yeah. less than, you're a monster, you're not even human. And then we're still breaking barriers, yeah. which is why it's, it's, it's not even wild. It's just. It's crazy to me that we live in a world, and this is not just uh, our country. We our world is pretty poopy, but it's like we are still holding people back. Um, yeah, all different types. Like we're equal. And, yeah. like we're we are equal opportunity. Like objectifying people. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's so crazy. And then it's like there's so many. How many missed opportunities where you could have saved someone else's life because you have these restrictions? There's a lot of people with rare blood diseases and maybe that gay man or gay woman has the rare blood type to save them. But you're like, oh, no, we got to wait three months. It's like, but anyway, that when I heard that that morning, I was just like, this is just we live in a in a we live in a society, as the Joker would say. Yeah, we do. Um, But I mean, now switching over to I, I think this is a good part of society. Um, oh. Good part of society that's outside. Yeah, the that's country. not in our country, you know, obviously because, because we're too proud. Yeah, but this next one I is use the word proud, you know, like proud boys. But anyway, <laughs> the next one is good. It's surprising in a good way. So go ahead, take it away again, Jay. So this one, oh, this made me happy. So this is in. Um, if you guys listen, I mean, if you guys follow now this news, they also have a YouTube channel and mm -hmm. you can follow their stuff. So their uh, headline is Serbian citizens willingly surrender 13,000 plus weapons after two, two mass shootings. They were distraught when they had two mass shootings. 
They weren't sending out prayers. Prayers are great, but they weren't sending out prayers. They weren't mediatizing all this. They weren't, oh no, these people, they got shot. But no, they were like, no, give me all your guns or you go to jail. It's that simple. Now, the difference between Serbians and uh, the Serbian country and the United States is we're physically a bigger country, but then the law is embedded in our in our bill in our bill of rights and all that stuff mm-hmm. where we can we should be allowed to hold weapons uh bear arms rather that's the correct term but there's the problem with our country is that it's just easily accessible which i could imagine across the planet cuz serbia is serbia is not perfect they have a lot of illegal weapons that are out there but they don't have like these crazy mass shootings and i think this is a good reaction to or uh, not good. This is a good reaction, but because of why the United of how the United States looks, because we have how many mass shootings a year? Countless. Came and you came and counting your fingers. We have thousands, thousands. And so, what I want to read is just this nice thing from now. This authorities in Serbia collected more than thirteen thousand weapons following the back-to-back mass shootings last week. The two shootings claimed 17 lives and left 21 people injured. Video footage shows uh, stacks of rifles, automatic weapons, pistols, and hand grenades, which is what is going on. How do you grab one uh, of those? Yeah. But again, things are different in different places. I'm not saying we can't get that here. I'm not trying to single out the country. That people surrounded to uh, surrendered to the Serbian government since May 8th. Where are we now? This is May 16th. And I'm, I'm sure this is still continuing because this is like a, a one-month amnesty. Serbian President uh, Alexander Vucic, Vucic um, sorry if I mispronounced that for any Serbian listeners out there, um, declared a one-month amnesty of citizens to either surrender their weapons or face jail time. I don't want to go to jail. Look at this face. I can't go to jail. I definitely would give that up. I mean the, I mean the, the gun, not me. <laughs> Uh, officials officials in, initiated the weapon crack, weapons crackdown following two def, def, uh, devastating events. Um, oh, and th- these are the two incidents that happened. One, on May 3rd, a 13-year-old boy took his father's gun and opened fire at an elementary school. A day later, a 20-year-old man uh, started shooting, uh, randomly shooting within uh, with an automatic weapon in his car. So, I think this is a lesson here that the United States needs to take. These, again, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a smart cookie when it comes to the laws and politics and stuff, but I should, it's, I should, it's sh- all this weapon stuff should be in a federal level. Uh, if you can correct me on that, maybe you know something on that. What do you mean? It should like controlling how our weapons are distributed legally and get them off the streets illegally should be at a federal level shouldn't be left to the states well i mean like yeah so you have to be so you have to federally like register you go into a a, a national registry when you purchase a gun and um legally you're supposed to go through background checks and waiting periods and stuff like that but um yeah whenever you buy a gun it has to be registered now different states have different laws like when you come to like open carry conceal carry um there's some states that are ridiculous in my opinion like florida that have that just passed and it goes into effect in july permitless 
concealed carry. So now you can hide a gun on yourself without training, without an extra certificate. So things of that nature. And those things scare me because now, you know, it's already a thing where I'm in a red state. There's a lot of access to weapons and all. And I have no problem hunting, owning a handgun for protection. I have no problem with any of these things. What I have to be in a restaurant. What I have a problem with is concealed carry without the proper um, training and automatic weapons or being able to purchase bump stocks and things of that nature that can modify your weapon to become automatic. It's unnecessary. But regardless, coming back. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm all for the government being like, hey, we are now banning this thing. The problem with that is because we are so ingrained into this right to bear arms, there'll be a revolt. There'll be an absolute revolution and people will go will go oh, nuts. Yeah. And then that's the thing. I'm not saying that we should do that. Again, in my perfect world, we shouldn't need guns. Like, again, we do need our armies because, you know, the world is not perfect. But in my, like, pseudo-perfect world, in our country ourselves, our citizens shouldn't need to carry guns. We shouldn't. But if you're going to have it, it should be in your house or with the proper training papers. So, like, you're, like, trained to, like, you can shoot a, a can from a mile away. I'm, I'm exaggerating. But like, you should be able to do all those things and not just be, uh, what's the word, uh, not misappropriating, like, misusing or just willy-nilly carrying the gun just to show off. Yeah, there shouldn't be any room to mishandle your weapon. Yeah, that's the, that was the word I was scared of. Yeah, you shouldn't be mishandling or playing with it. And I understand, like, a lot, and I think a majority of our shootings, uh, not, and this is separating mass shootings. I'm talking about the shootings in general happen in households. That that goes to, um, you know, kids reaching for it and then showing it to their friends. And it's like, and it makes people think, like, make people say like i don't again i when people and not to stay on this because i'm very passionate about it but like i remember you know my cousin uh became a police officer and i was trying to be a firefighter they're like why didn't you do that i was like i don't want to carry something that could end someone's life because then i don't want to have a knee-jerk reaction because i know how i play call of duty and i don't need to i know they're two different things but it's still that knee-jerk reaction be it like you see a, a dog that turns the corner that just might have freaked you out, but it's like, oh no, it's a dog. It's not a freaking, you know, demon. Um, it's just one of those things. I don't need to carry that type of thing. Yeah. I do want to carry a katana because I think it's cool. Yeah. I want to dress like a cowboy, but I don't want to carry a weapon. You know, there's like, you know, there comes a responsibility with firearms. And I think the responsibility goes both ways. So if you have the ability, it, it gives you the ability to take a life. It does. Um, many things have that ability, but very few have the power of a automatic rifle. So, or just a gun in general. So that there's two, there's two halves of that responsibility. You have the responsibility to end a life or, you know, like you, you have that power in you. So you shouldn't be exercising it at a whim. And the other piece is you should be okay with giving that up. If you're not okay giving up that power, there's an issue. Now, yeah, that's something to your mental state too. Yeah. Like that's and then that goes into that's a whole other discussion about yeah. the mental stability of these people. Yeah, like you, there's no way you know 
this world is ever going to be perfect, unfortunately. So I understand the the need for protection. I understand the sport of hunting. I even understand hunting if you want to live off the land. Like, that's 100% you're right. But there's no reason to have these things and then be so attached that you can't look beyond your 20-foot view. Like, you should be able to look at the bigger picture and be like, okay, these things are a problem. And the biggest thing is, and it's been going on for decades, but they still go to it, that guns don't kill people, people kill people. But guess what? People with guns are the ones that kill people. So... Is that at best? Will will murder stop? Probably not. Will they lessen a whole heck of a lot? Yeah. Would your kids be able to go to school with a newfound sense of safety, which has been lost within the last 15 to 20 years? Yeah. Why wouldn't you want that for a better generation? But moving off this, I'm happy that um, Serbia, I mean, listen, you can argue it's government control, whatever you want to say, but I think that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. You know, it could always be improved. Yeah. It's just, it's just how quick their reaction to that. Again, the they they put, and just to kind of cap it, like you know, something bad happens, you do something about it. Then you can work your way backwards. Yes. But lately, the the thing that sucks about our country is that we get numb to it. Oh no, another mass shooting. My prayers goes out to them. It's like to be honest, like f prayers because that's it. I say it. I say it so crass, but at the same time, it's like it's literally not doing anything for the next person. Uh, these children, these people, and just in these safe spaces where you don't think it's ever going to happen. Supermarkets, just town square, like it's just one of those things where we don't need that happening all the time. Yeah, and you know, I think you know it gets muddied when people are like, "Oh, we send our thoughts and prayers." Like, and I think you said it before too. Like, that's great. But we also need to have action behind that. You know, the big man upstairs, the good Lord, gave you some sort of sense. So let's use it correctly. So, you know, obviously thoughts and prayers, like, that is a thing. That there is power in that. But we are also given human bodies, forms, and brains to make things better for ourselves and for each other. So while you are sending these thoughts and prayers... What else can we be doing as a society to push further, to make it a better place for your kids, for the next generation? Because if all we ever do is send our thoughts and prayers and we as individuals do not change, if we don't abide by those same teachings that we're, you know, laying out these thoughts and prayers in, then what are you doing? You know? Yeah. We're not telling you to go out there and march and like, it's as simple. Look, I don't like to preach this, but it's as simple as voting. Yeah, you know, posting. Stop posting. Oh, another mass shooting. Like, yeah. Again, my thing about posting is to get like my art stuff out there. I don't post about bad things because it's like everyone's seeing the same thing. Why am I posting to the same echo chamber that's just going to come back to me? Stop posting about it, or maybe do post about it, but like don't overdo it. Because then maybe it will let me know. And I'm like, okay, I'm aware of this thing. But it's like, be more active that's not social media based. I say, if you, if you want to post and, and, and push, push in the legal channels correctly, push your congressmen and women, yeah. obviously. You know, 
push the elected officials that we have. Change those elected officials so that we have different points of view coming across and we're not sticking with the same imbued, uh, misguided thoughts, you know, for, you know, however long. Like, let's get newer ideas. Let's have other people make change. And yeah, not just misguided. Also, it's just, it's misdirection. Yeah. Because they're not, they're not necessarily, most of these people, and we know that they're not just, they don't actually believe in this. That's the thing. It's a lot of lying and misdirection. Yeah. Well, yeah. This age is a lot of misinformation, unfortunately. But we're going to wrap that there. Be good to each other. Continue to take notes from people doing good and try and mirror that. That's our message. So moving off of that, we're going to get into some lighter, the lighter side of the news. So first one up, Disney. Disney always happens to have a couple of things on the docket, correct? Yeah, that, that happens to happen. But is it light, though? I mean, it's not heavy, I don't think. Oh, no, 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 yeah. It's not, it's not heavy like what we were talking about, but what they're going through is not light. I mean, yeah, you're you're right. It is kind of a shakeup. I guess it's not as big as like the Warner Brothers Discovery one, right? That merger. That's not huge. Like that was huge. It's I don't think yeah. it's to that level. But I digress. What we're talking about is Disney Plus and Hulu are combining into one app. So we're always, you know, talking about Disney, uh, Disney Plus acquiring all these things. Disney has had a bundle for a while for Hulu and ESPN Plus, but now it's going to be a. It's like, it's less of one app, and it's more so a shared library. Is probably a better way to call this thing. So you think? So you're saying? Because I didn't read up on it, I just saw the blurb. Is it still going to be two different apps yes. with the shared library? That's just going to be weird. So it's going to be, be two weird. different apps in a shared library. So Disney Plus will have certain um, Hulu programming on it. So it won't have the so full thing. Access, so I can access like a show like uh, an original like Rami or on Disney Plus, which is weird because yeah, Rami is not a Disney, a Disney friend, family friendly show. And he, the other caveat is I think it's only for like people who have both apps so that's so like for me I, I pay for both yeah so if you if you had any type of bundle that includes disney and hulu you will now have certain hulu stuff under disney i okay so that i don't have i don't have a bundle i just have the i pay for the app separately it, they'll they'll give me instructions it's, yeah it's weird because like, and then on top of this those they still exist as separate apps it's just it was a really convoluted thing um you know and it it kind of made waves especially coming after you know hbo max transitioning to just max and it being combined with discovery so i, I don't know it's it's a weird thing but apparently the I, bundle I the bundle is going to be 10 bucks which is the same so that's nice It'll be, you know, Disney Plus and Hulu. It's an extension of the company's existing bundles. Oh, no, the existing bundles start at $9.99. So we don't know what this next bundle is going to uh, cost yet. 
it just it says that the the like from a uh whatchamacallit bob Iger um in a press release spoke about this and he apparently the aim is to eliminate confusion and help users better access the content they pay for across apps rather than having to go into each one separately so you still have to pay for it but like if you're already on Disney Plus and it's open, you could just go to whatever show rather than Xing out and going to Hulu. I feel like this is solving a a really non-existent problem, but what what do you think? Well, it it solves it solves a problem for them though, not for us. And I think it's just all bells and whistles, but from what I remember, and I'm sure you read this too, maybe a different article. Cuz they lost a lot of subscribers. What was it 4 million or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, so it was a lot. But in order to recoup that, this is me reading between the lines, they're trying to combine Hulu subscribers into their flow. It's kind of, it reminds me of the Dancing with the Stars. Let's get those people to come into Disney+. And so, the new season, FYI, is now going to be like simulcast Disney+, and uh, ABC. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so if you have Hulu Live, that, that's, that's like that, that's their, their win. At this point, but again, uh, I have no, nothing bad about it. But my also the other thing that scares me. I don't have any problem with the combining, but they're removing content from Disney Plus. Yes, I'm wondering if they're going to remove stuff from 20 20th century because I'm like that. I'm not too worried about. I'm talking about the Disney properties. Like if you told me I'm in the middle of watching Gargoyles, which I'll talk about in the wrap. Uh, uh, I'm watching Gargoyles, but I'm like in the middle of season two, and then you tell me, let's remove that. I'd be super pissed. That's a Disney property. Yeah, I I'd be I, I don't know. I feel like they would remove like other properties, like not Disney proper, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I hope that's what they do. Um the other thing that's weird about this is it's Disney's Disney Plus's library that's expanding, not Hulu's. Exactly. So Another weird move to keep Disney like exclusively Disney, you know. So I I don't know. This is weird. We'll we'll keep an eye on it as we go. But this is a you know with streaming services combining and dropping, like I I don't know. This kind of makes me feel a little uneasy, if I'm being honest. Well, it's like I said to uh, we've had the discussion before, and I remember I remember the first time I had this conversation was back in college with my professor. It's just streaming is just going to become cable at this point. Now, yeah. the only, the best thing about streaming is that you can share passwords, but with the caveat of Netflix not doing the password sharing thing, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of things I'm not paying for, which I'm like, okay, I'm like, I have Peacock because of you. I have, uh, uh, I have HBO because of another friend. It's just like, okay, at least I have access to those things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not paying the same amount of cable yeah. that I would. My, you know, back in the day, people were paying for, but it's like cable. So, like, streaming's gonna become cable. Cable's gonna become basic. Like, you remember, like, the basic channels on the TV, and then radio is just gonna become the. You remember, like, the the crank thing. Yeah. What is it? It's like a. Is it? It's not a sonogram. Yeah, that's not a a gramophone. Uh, No, gramophone, right? Yeah, it's 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 everything is getting pushed. Yeah, because streaming, uh, and then that can be open another conversation on like the evolution of video. Uh, sorry, uh, 
the, the visual medium when yeah. it comes to movies and television because television has actually boomed because of streaming. But um, cable is going to be non-existent. Cable will keep making money because of old heads because that's all they have access to. When you know, I think after us, when we leave the planet, I think it's just going to be all streaming. Well, this is also this also ties into last week's topic of and the week before of the writers' strike, right? Yeah. All the money that's being made through streaming, but it's not going to the proper creative channels, right? So this, we're going through kind of like a uh, what's it called like growing pains right now before it it, it kind of levels out because originally we only had like three giants in the streaming, right? And everyone was okay with that, you know. There was exclusive stuff on each one; it was all fine, hunky dory. But then studios were like, you know what? We're gonna just start keeping our own stuff and making our own platforms. Yeah, I remember when Nick was gonna do a partnership with uh, Netflix, and that just never happened. And then Paramount happened. Yep. I remember before Paramount, it was like CBS, whatever. Yeah, because it was a lot of CBS specific stuff. But they're like, that is ours. We should just do our thing. It was CBS all access. That's what it was. Yep. So, yeah, like I said, then we were going through this renaissance and now we have to kind of smooth it out to figure out how it's going to go. Speaking of... Just go back to books. Mm, That's dumb. Speaking (laughs) of something going through a renaissance, Indiana Jones, it just can't stay out of the docket, man. Ever since... I feel like this is the third time it's been on it? I think so. Maybe even fourth. Every time I try to go back, just get out pulls me back in. That's what it is, man. Indiana Jones. What's your back So, you know, sticking with the thread of Disney Plus and the streaming giant, um, the Lucasfilm Quadrilogy is heading over to Disney Plus. You'll be able to stream all four simultaneously if you felt like it on all different devices. But finally, we'll have all four. That's how you can consume it. I think if you do that, if you're able to... Look, I technically have, well, I have five devices, but I can watch all the, the, the movies simultaneously. And then I think that's when I transcend humanity and become Dr. Manhattan. Probably. And then once I get the last movie into my genetic code, I will leave this parallel universe and jump to another one. I, I can see that happening. That sounds like a Disney Indiana Jones movie. So in order for you guys to transcend this universe and hop into a parallel one, you'll have to wait until May 31st, and that key date, all four uh, Indiana Jones will be available to stream on Disney+. Plus. Uh, obviously, this comes right before um, the release of Dial of Destiny, which is going to be the fifth installment, final Harrison Ford appearance. So look forward to that. Continuing on the Disney Plus Steam train, we have Loki Season 2 getting an official release date. So it will be it will premiere on Disney Plus on October 6th, as well as Echo getting a release date. Finally, I feel like this is kind of late now for Echo because it, it had a lot of like stuff dealing with like Hawkeye and all that. And now it's I don't know. I feel like it was really late for this to come about. But yeah, when they made that announcement too, I was like, okay, cool. But it's just like, we didn't get a lot of news. And look, I'm all for uh, diverse uh, actors playing actual, no. uh, like, because she is where Echo can only, she's deaf. she can't talk. Oh, no, she's deaf. Oh, no. Yes. 
Is she deaf? Or is she mute? I believe she's mute. Because she, I remember... She might be mute. Oh, no, because I, I think... She's I, mute. Because when, when she signs, and then I remember, from what I remember, when someone was signing to her at the same time, they would talk as well so she can read lips. Yeah. I don't, so I don't, I don't know remember if, if she's... Me. Yeah, mute or, or deaf. Either, it's either deaf or mute. But... I'm all for it, but she's an she's an actress I've not seen in the spotlight before. Yeah. And then even after that, so I don't know if like she's been doing stuff or they've been really hammering in this show and trying to do like a a crossover with Daredevil because Daredevil's being in the works mm-hmm. or his work in the works. So uh I'm cool with it. I'm gonna watch it. I wanna see what the connectivity is to MCU or to the the street street heroes. So we'll see. Yeah. And Wilson Fisk most likely will be coming back. So. Yeah, well, Wilson Fisk is definitely coming back in in uh, Daredevil. So Daredevil. we'll we'll see how he plays into Echo as well. But so, like I said, Loki's going to be October 6th. Echo will be November 29th. But the difference being is Echo will drop all episodes on that day. So I think they should. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think they're right to do so because I think they waited too long for this to come out. And it doesn't have the same hype that it did when Hawkeye was fresh. But, you know, this is going to be a connecting piece to Daredevil. So I think, you know, for everyone to just be able to slam it in two days, three days is good because then it builds hype for Daredevil and possibly for Echo, the character itself. And then, you know, maybe there'll be more hype for a second season if that comes about or just to see her return in other properties. So no more Disney... I don't think, right? Who knows? Maybe. But next on the docket, we have some action movie news. So Fast X has been confirmed by Vin Diesel. Your group character. Fast X will be the first of a trilogy. No one asked for that. Like, and I really want to know if it's going to be like, X part one, part two, part three, or if it's gonna be like if, X eleven and then twelve, which would be a weird one I, to end I on. Stopped, yeah, I stopped caring about uh, the Fast franchise a long, long time ago. Um, and the only thing I'm highly, highly expecting and would love is that they call the third movie Triple X. If you don't call it that, if they it's do MMO. X double x and then triple x not only would that be a second movie franchise that vin diesel has portrayed a character that is triple x uh related to the the triple x number but like it would be so funny that it would just be be x double x triple x i will say this here first if they do it i will rewatch the entire franchise and then commit to loving it as much as I love One Piece. If you don't do it, it's an MMO. Because, come on, it's right there. I don't care about rights. Pay the rights and call it Triple X. The Triple X Fast Saga. Dude. The final triple. <laughs> Dude, that would be so funny. I guess I would have to watch it all also. Like, if the last movie they announced, you know, if they did X, then Double X, and then Triple X, I would have to. I would have to. And if they didn't, and then, if they didn't have Ice yeah. Cube like cameo somehow, like 
in that yeah, movie. Because you already got Brie, you got Brie Larson in the franchise. You yeah. got Brie Larson in there. You gotta have Ice Cube. And then if and this is me reaching, but tell me this connects to the Triple X universe, and I'm happy. No. And I've never really seen any of the Triple X movies, so this will be I great. Mean, it's I can jump on that. it's not impossible. It's not impossible. Like they could just say like. In Dom's absence, he became a, a government agent named um, Xander Cage, I, I think was his name, yeah. something like that. Who knows? Oh my god, that would be hysterical. But <laughs> in more uplifting news related to Fast, uh, the Fast franchise, Metal Walker, the daughter of late Paul Walker, is actually making a cameo appearance in Fast X. She said that she's, uh, you know, she was a legacy Fast, uh, Fast and Furious cast member. She was born into the Fast family. She feels very honored to be able to, um, pay tribute to her father and his legacy here. Um, and it's something that she can share with him forever that they were both a part of this movie franchise. So I think it was, that's very sweet that they, um, they made that happen. And, you know, I'm sure, uh, Vin Diesel's like, I don't know, an uncle to her or something because of how close him and Paul Walker were. So it, it's pretty cool that this is happening. Aren't they? Well, obviously they're not related by blood, but aren't, isn't he like a godfather or something? Or am I, I have no that idea. Up? That might just be from the Fast and Furious yeah. movies. Okay. That's just probably, yeah, that's probably what it is. It's like the Mandela effect right now. So yeah, that's what's happening. So uh, that's how, that's how long this movie, this franchise has been out. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be out this long. So, it, but they're like, you know, Marvel's doing it. Let's keep going. It's a, it's just a fun, you know, nod. Um, and it's, it's cool. It, it the first Fast movie, movie also came out when she turned one. So like, it's, 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 you know, nice. She's grown up with it, and now she gets to be a part of it. Um, so I thought that was really cool. But moving on and speaking about another franchise that just won't stop. Um, its finale is a two parter. Um. Mission Impossible, the latest entry in the in the series. What's it called? Mission Impossible. What is it? <sighs> I don't remember. It's, I, I, I whenever I, I think of Mission Impossible, I think of Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, and I know. That was the fifth yeah, one. I know that it's not like anywhere near this one. Like it's, we're yeah, on like nine, right? Yeah, because there was Ghost Protocol, and then there was, I believe, Rogue uh, Rogue Nation. I probably have this it one is Dead Reckoning. That's what it is. What was the one before it? Because I think I missed that one. Uh, Fallout. So we had uh, Fallout in 2018, Rogue Nation in 2015, Ghost Protocol in 2011. Got it. And then the the first three. In 96, 2000, and 2006. Oh, so then I lied. Ghost Protocol is... Four. Four. So it was Rogue Nation, then it was five. Fallout is the one uh, with my man Suits. The yeah. Cavill of Henry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah where, he, where he cocks his biceps. And, you know, Lord that's Cavill. Such, that's such a perfect trailer. Yes. Like, it's such a perfect trailer. Talk about great trailers out there. That was That's up there with top ten for me. I, you know what? I would concur because it's pretty badass. Um, but yeah, so Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Trailer drops tomorrow, May 17th. So mark your calendars. Get all your notifications from the YouTubes because everyone knows that's where trailers hit first. So 
if you're into the action movie stuff, that's where you're going to get it first. Drops tomorrow. Yeah. Beyond that, talking about a, I guess this is just another franchise that has lasted before us. It's been like close to yeah. 40 years, I guess. If if we're talking about like if we're talking about Dragon. manga, we're talking about Dragon Ball. Well, yeah, Dragon oh. Ball. Dragon Ball, right? First, we have the Dragon Ball manga, so we're talking. It's got to be like 40 years. So I got you right now. I do. Dragon Ball manga to Dragon Ball anime, then to Dragon Ball Z, GT, now Super, everything in between. But and anyway, a lost episode of Dragon Ball Z has been finally found. So, 1984. 1984 is when it started. Yeah, so we're about to hit 40 years. In one next year, it'll be 40 years. Wow, dude. So apparently, this was like I I just need to talk about this. So yeah, do your thing. After 23 years, internet archivists have found the lost episode of JBVO. Featuring a segment of Dragon Ball Z. JBVO was a Johnny Bravo spinoff. The episode only aired once. And JBVO was kind of like a Mystery Science 3000 type of deal. So he would like do comments on whatever media was playing. This <laughs> segment was only in this like this segment of Dragon Ball Z was only in this episode, and after 23 years, they finally found it um, due to like internet archivists and uh, this one person, in particular, YouTuber L Sonic Hue. So the L Super Sonic Hue. L Super Sonic Hue. Yeah. So again, episode only only aired one time. It aired. Yeah, so yeah, that was it. It aired in eight in May, May 7th, 2000. And it shows Goku killing Frieza. This is a such a ridiculous thing. Like, why is this locked behind the doors of Big Johnny Bravo? Like, like, how is this ever a thing? And for it to be lost for 23 years. You know what? Take, forget, okay, don't forget it. This is a great topic. But what I loved about this topic is that you said internet archivists. This made me think of like Ready Player One, where we live in this world where everything is archived. Yeah. Like if we ever, whenever that world comes to fruition, people are going to be finding other things such as this. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, like, but then like, I help me ex- understand this. I'm going to just read it to you. So in this particular episode, uh, a caller named Jennifer requests that Johnny Bravo, Bravo airs an episode of BBC mm-hmm. where Goku kills Frieza. The problem was GBVO had a rule. It couldn't air half hour shows despite Dragon Ball Z airing on a tsunami block. So he just fast forwards 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Four ways, fast forwards the episode for 30 seconds. Got it. 
providing only expositional con- okay so this is yeah i just needed to hear it just so i understand what was going on so it's literally that's great half the screen is dragon ball z the other half is yeah, johnny I'm, bravo I'm at and he's literally just talking like smack about whatever's happening on the screen that's it after this after our recording i'm gonna go find this so I can watch dude it. it's a it's wild that this one piece of dragon ball z history has been locked well, behind then- johnny bravo it to me this is the same and like I guess the late 90s, early 2000s was such a wild west of content because this is the same thing with like the very first Digimon movie in the US. It's locked behind an opening from Angela Anaconda of Nickelodeon. It was a really dumb show that Nickelodeon made with a really weird art style. And she introduces the character of Angela Anaconda, introduces the Digimon movie. You cannot get wow. that movie without that opening. It is oh, a wow. part of the movie. And then on top of that, that just leads into a whole other thing where the Digimon movie was really like, I think two or I three. Mean, it was like it was two movies. Yeah, smashed together. Two different movies that were smashed together. But, um, yeah. but yeah, it's like, th- it's that same vein of like, why do we have these Western shows and like characters? I, I guess it was to introduce it to the kids, but. It it blows my mind that they don't exist anywhere else. Like without it, this, it, think about it. It, it. it goes into the rights as well because Johnny Bravo is a Western property, where um, Dragon Ball Z is a Toei animation. This Japanese, uh, I mean, in uh, in Japan. So there's there has to be some sort of legality in there. I'm I'm assuming again. I'm not the smarty pants when it comes to that, but there has to be some sort of legality. And then it's just like, where would they contain this thing? Because it's like. I can't go on HBO Max and go through Johnny Bravo. This is like something that was like a special, again, Wild Wild West of cartoon segments. But it kind of reminds me of those when they did those music, uh, little music videos in between in the commercials yeah. and Cartoon Network or um, when when uh, Cartoon Network hijacked Nickelodeon. Yeah. Like those cool the- things. Obviously, you can find them on YouTube, but it's like it's not archived anywhere where you can be like, I can just go watch it just for besides youtube i can't just go to like uh nick paramount to yeah. find that no you know? you're right i just feel like the all these things should be on youtube right like i just feel like that's that it should be there you should be able to find this stuff because i should be able to search it up on youtube yeah because to me in my head the whoever was in the studio while jbvo was going on it finished and they were like all right and they took the tape out of the the big 70 monitor screen. They yeah, took right? the tape out and just chucked it behind them, never to be seen again for 30 years. But yeah, yeah it's it's so funny how we're still finding stuff like this. And like seeing the image of Johnny Bravo with the with the landline, it like scratches something in my subconscious, but I can't remember this show for the life of me. No, same. It it, it does again first someone like myself that didn't really have cable, it does remind me of, of a time. Yeah. I just, it makes, it's just taking me back to other things that I remember mm-hmm. on TV. Cause like, it's, it was like, I think it was like the interactiveness of cable TV. That that's the cool part. Yes. But you know, kids these days would never know. <laughs> um, speaking about being old and young at the same time, the super smash, super smash brothers. God, 
Super Mario Brothers movie. Trying to play. (laughs) Is uh, available to stream as of today, I believe. Right? Don't date. It is on Amazon Prime, and you could rent or buy it. You can rent it for $25, or you could buy it for $30. But, to me, this is kind of crazy, because I think you can still see this in theaters. I don't know if it's come out of like completely yet. Oh wait, I'm here thinking like this is the uh, old school cartoon. No, but yes, I did the see movie. that. I saw that blurb. Yeah, I, I, there was another article speaking of this. Uh, speak not speaking of this, connecting to this current topic that uh, movie uh, releases uh, to, uh, straight to home video is getting shorter and shorter. Yeah, man, it's something I noticed back in college, mm-hmm. and then. Because of the pandemic, it kind of hastened that as well. Um, it's just speedy. It's just like, hey, remember this movie? Go see it. I don't know why that is. I think it's just for the companies to get their money back. And that's just me just coming up with that conclusion. It's like we need to recoup. We we, we siphoned the theaters. Now we just got to – we spent our time here. Now let's get, this, let's get this money rolling. I guess. I mean, something like Super Mario Brothers, I mean, it broke the billion-dollar mark. So I don't think they're yearning to – recoup their losses so that yeah i feel like maybe this is just they were like hey let's now let's give it to them to own because they liked it so much and, facts and then with the twitter uh i guess leak right twitter leak yeah i think that's another reason they're trying to get that too because it's like we need to give it to them digitally so they don't mm-hmm. go looking for it elsewhere yeah that's just again that's just my guess no that that makes sense too and um apparently um we don't know when it's actually going to be able to stream for free just yet but given that it is a universal film we can almost assume that it'll come to peacock at some point um once it does i'm gonna watch it like every night before i go to bed but yeah, just have it playing in the background yeah. until you can recite every word yeah but uh yeah it's i found it crazy i mean i also saw a headline where dungeons and dragons you know it came out around the same time it is also available for streaming you know yeah. it's it's yeah, just that came out wild to me you know i feel like i just saw this movie and now it's it's available to purchase uh yeah so with that that's gonna be our last tv movie segment i mean this is kind of like a nice little bridge into video game world and speaking of video games the first thing that we have to talk about did you see this music video jay uh no i did not i saw a thumbnail okay so the music video I'm talking about is Tenacious D's video game. Like literally the the song's called Video Games. It's short. I want to say maybe it's 2 minutes. Um but the music video is nothing short of pure art. Like the entire thing is uh like CGI animated. So Jack Black and Oh my god, the bald fat guy the other part of tenacious d yeah that guy him uh they're both like you know cgi'd little like caricatures of themselves and the whole premise of the song is jack black says that he doesn't have time to play video games too much kyle gas kyle gas that's him he says that he doesn't play a lot of video games and then he proceeds to say all the video games that he plays and he doesn't see them as video games he sees them as art so Throughout this video, he turns into a myriad, myriad of a plethora of different 
video game characters. So, you know, you, we see an appearance from, like, he's uh, Kratos from God of War. He turns into Mario. He turns into Sonic in the classic, like, Sega 3D poly- polygon-looking way. He turns into Lara Croft. Yeah. He turns into, um... <sighs> there, there's a oh, point... There's a oh yeah, Fallout, definitely. Mega Man. There's a point where he's just naming characters, and he's just like, like it's going by super quick. It's like two frames of him as like all these different characters. It's super fun to watch, and it's like such a great time. And it's just expressing, you know, the love of the love for video games, and just seeing fat, cartoony Jack Black as all these different characters is absolutely hysterical. Yeah. It, it's like a mesh. If you ever watched or read the books of uh, the Time Warp Trio, and it reminds me of the show. Have you ever read that? The Time Warp Trio? It's just a, like a, a franchise book where it's just like uh, three kids that travel through like time and, and just visit uh, like famous people throughout time, like uh, Blackbeard from the Pirate Era or Cleopatra from this the Egyptian familiar. Era. So maybe. Yeah, if you look it up. Yeah. You, you'll you'll see it looks just kind of like that with the combination of that what is that show back in the day where like there was these these wrestle it was a wrestling show um, oh i've definitely seen anime. time warp trio it was a show too oh it was yeah i, thought I, it was like just I, a, I definitely watched this show yeah um i'm sorry what was what was what were you saying what was that uh show where they took famous people and they just wrestled each other oh celebrity death it, match yeah, thank you. The claymation. Yes, the claymation. It reminds me of that with Time War Trio. <laughs> uh, just watching this whole thing. It's very, it was just very gory, too. It's like oh, it's incredibly from, uh, chicken. Incre- it's, dude, yeah, it's dude very gets robot shot chicken. Yep. With a banjo, and then he just has a hole. I'm yep. like, oh my God. Oh, yeah, he talks about That's Red funny. Dead Redemption. When, he, when he's Mario and he steps on the Koopa, who's uh, Kyle Gass, yeah. he just crushes him, and you see like eyeballs and guts and stuff. It's yeah. hysterical. Very funny music video and a great way to homage to uh, video games of past and present. Talking about great. present video games, Overwatch 2, the follow-up to the multi-cabillion dollar award-winning Overwatch, um, is in a little <laughs> bit of hot water right now. Um, How hot? It's pretty hot. Like Celsius, Faria, give me the deets. I feel like it's Celsius. People are pretty upset. Ooh, so that is... Overwatch Two um, was supposed to they like the the heads of um what's the studio uh, Blizzard the, the heads of, the heads of Blizzard yes. said that they were gonna provide a PVE experience like a PVE mode right right now it's a team based combat so I don't remember how many uh, people are on each team I think it's like. 4v4 or something like that but um pve meaning player versus everyone so you're kind of like it's a free-for-all you're you're against everyone right it's very you know reminiscent of like uh i don't know like call of duty or fortnite in the battle battle royale modes just it's not a hundred person lobby it's just you know whatever the the match entails however many people but they are scrapping it completely so this is something that they had promised fans for years. They're completely redoing their content roadmap. So they got scrapped. 
this also comes right after they spoke about um Overwatch 2 was supposed to have this like massive story mode. Think of it kind of like a um when Smash Brothers did the what was it the subspace emissary in Brawl where like it it showed everyone coming together. Um it was supposed to have this massive story mode because that's what was lacking from original Overwatch. We had the character intros and stuff and those were all, you know, very well animated and they had their own stories and they even some of them got like little shorts as the time went by but it didn't have a story mode proper overwatch 2 was supposed to have this massive sprawling story mode and blizzard paired that back by a lot and we're talking like hours they paired it back so while they did say it was a difficult choice they are hoping that they can land it at some point in the future but as of right now, it is completely, completely scrapped. And it sucks because... Another reason why it sucks is because this was shown off in 2019. That's upsetting. I know how it feels to wait for a game for like a year. And or like it's going to come out and they delay it like a year. I know how upsetting that is. But 2019? Ugh, that is That is Celsius degrees indeed yeah man it it sucks like apparently they're still running like a pve event i guess within their you know whatever season they're that on sounds like that sounds like beta yeah like they'll they'll run like little events within whatever modes but um it's it's not the actual game mode like proper that would stick around and you can do it however many times you want so, thoughts and prayers go out to the Overwatch fans. There's not much we can do here. But Speaking of thoughts and prayers. <laughs> talking about an organization that uh, gives thoughts, prayers, and solutions, we're going to go over to Jay for a Red Cross uh, story that's hitting our video games docket. Whatever could it be? What it could be, it's about the Red Cross, cross that is red. Um, so the Red Cross is asking players to stop committing war crimes in video games. I chuckled when I read this the first time, and I'm chuckling again <laughs> for like the umpteenth time. So I had thoughts, and I was like, let me just do a deep dive real quick. So what do they say here? So the, I got this information because it came up not on my, it came up on my feed, but I don't follow this page. It's called Game Mess. It's spelled G-A-M, uh, G-A-M, or is it G-A means? I think that's what it's, I guess that's what it's called. So the international, the, the Red Cross has partnered up with a bunch of Twitch streamers to encourage gamers to not commit war crimes in popular shooting games. Hopes that the events uh, played by the rules, that's what it's called, will educate players on the statues of, of actual war. And I'm like, what does that mean, though? Like, how do you play these games without shooting someone? No, no, no. Here we go. So, these are the rules. So, these are the rules. So, it could be, I think it's like Minecraft and other stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, those type of, like, PC games. So, uh, here are the four rules that was on here. No thirsting, meaning don't shoot downed or unresponsive enemies. Two, targeting nonviolent no targeting nonviolent NPCs. Three, no targeting civilians' buildings. 
four, use med kits on everyone. So, <laughs> well, I, and I don't, I can't find it, but I remember reading boring how some of these Switch streamers when they 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 got a bunch of people and they they were the the words that the article used. I forget. Oh, it's Kotaku. Um, they struggled. They they tried to do this. They attempted, but it was like the struggling aspect because we're so used to just playing the game. And the reason I laugh in the face of this this event, again, I know it comes from a good place. The intention was there. It's just I just want to play my game. Like I don't need to understand the the statutes of war when I'm not only say nowhere near it because that sounds that sounds very uh, insensitive, but I mean. I don't think I'll ever be in a place like that unless I am like, you know, uh, trying to be a politician and trying to solve world issues and stuff like that. And then, you know what? I will hop into this. And I mean, like, God willing, you'll have training like before getting into something like this where they will go over those rules. Like, yeah, I'm just wondering what, like, I, it's funny because I laugh because I see, uh, I saw a con- uh, comment that was like, and it's so messed up that this person said it, but like, look, you can only laugh at this. He's like, no, i rather keep my, I don't know Minecraft terms, but correct me if I'm wrong, but you can use certain NPCs as slaves to build things. Yes. Or something. Yeah. So I was like, well, damn. But I laughed because it's. I know it's it's coming from a jokey place, but it was just like people just. What I got from this, people just want to play the game. I don't want to join unless you're curious. By all for it. I'm not saying they shouldn't do this. I just like if I saw it, I'm like I'm not gonna do it. I think this would be. I think their marketing needs to be better. I think this would be really fun to do in games like Call of Duty and Fortnite. But this is like extra hard survival mode, like. Imagine having like, do, you mean like Call of Duty does like a survival, like change make another game mode or yeah like imagine if have the Red Cross be like part of that yeah party. have the Red Cross sponsor a game type or mode for a season and it's like statutes of war so like you literally you cannot do certain things so like you can't execute like a downed person meaning that person might come back way easier than in like a regular game they could come back and finish you off like in a game so you have to work yeah. within these confines of confines of humanity right yeah and i wonder if they because it's supposed to be more realistic in a sense when it comes to the rules i wonder how you win a game do you lose points if you do something wrong like oh you shot down person you lost his points now it's like now oh, the other yeah. team is catching up so you there's consequences. You have to build these consequences yeah. in there. So it's like okay, it trains you to like okay, I can't be just doing these things. So your goal that, is, that is to like idea. your goal would be to like over to take over a. It would have to be goal oriented because it couldn't be a battle royale where like you have to kill everyone because it just yeah you're it looking, would never but you know what end. works best. It would work best with games like uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah, I was just gonna say That's that a, it probably would be for like a Rainbow Six to so like, take over a spot. Yeah, but you can't just willy nilly go in there. Like if you shoot your, and it's like friendly fire is a thing. Mm-hmm. Like it, it has to be a thing. It's it like would you be, shot it, I would play that. Fire. That sounds interesting. Imagine See, like that. I would play. Like, you would have to go in there and 
you'd have to like zip tie people and stuff like your your whole objective is not to kill but to subdue that's realistic i mean that is that is a type of like military operation that they run i think and the games would be slower and like it has to be more thought put into it like you can't go in guns blazing because it's like that's it you you lose yeah you lose the, that game, even though you technically were winning. That's like, oh, now the you would re, be retraining the player. Like, mm-hmm. no, it's not all about just getting the points and getting the kills. So it doesn't matter about KD at this point, where this is what players always talk about. What's your KD? What's your KD? It's like, no, no. What's your this score or whatever? Yeah, it's like that to me. It, it, would, it would really talk to your effectiveness at strategy. So you'd have to communicate with your team really well. It's a team-based thing. I don't you have to have a mic. <laughs> I don't know if you'd be able to do it on a solo. I'm sure you could, but like, yeah, you'd have to be really smart and tactical. You know, you'd have to go in quiet. Like, there's a lot of things that you would you would have to really stretch those like strategic muscles. Same way like chess is or something like that. Just in a whole different um, like playing field. But yeah, I would yeah. I would play that. Yeah. So yeah, what 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 you what we're describing now seems more interesting. Um that also makes me think of that uh that realistic VR game that came out that was announced or shown like a couple weeks ago. It was just like a it was like you played as a cop, but they had like you, the views from the body cam. So it looks very realistic. Oh, did yeah. Yeah, I did so see it that. It makes me think of that too, of like if they ever did a VR game and then Red Cross is sponsoring that. It's like one of those things where it's like do you go in guns blazing? And and this would work in the United States too. It's like, how do you train police officers how to not like? Again, I'm getting a little bit too far here, but it's like it's something to talk about. Like when you see a black person, do you like you know what I mean? So it's like, but come on, like am I am I going the right? No, you're not wrong. It's 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 kind of it's trending to a place of like think before you act. It's forcing like in video games, you're just acting. It's it's muscle memory. It, I, I'm a big Fortnite person. When you see someone, it's click click boom. You there's no second thought because yeah. you can't have yeah. a second thought because then you lose. Yeah. So if you incentivize yeah. completing your objective in the you know correct way, then it, it becomes a more intellectual, harder thing where it becomes sort of like a from software game where it's like okay, the the prestige of beating those games and and that stuff is rising to the challenge like not losing your head and going gun blazing because that won't ever work it is rising to the challenge and oh out thinking your opponent right yeah and i i mean the more we talk about this red cross hit us up we can pitch some ideas yeah we'll we'll Bro, there should be there we'll, should be a system we'll for like when one of your players like one of your teammates wants to go rogue and stuff you can subdue them you can zip tie them and put them to the side oh yeah but 100%. in doing that you now have less people on your team so like it's harder for you to uh, con- like you know we're talking about real yeah. things like you're not allowed to shoot you know innocent civilians but what if you let those civilians go and they rat on you to the opposing force and they tell them your location? Yeah. You know, like there's there needs to be, you know, a give and take in these consequences. But Red Cross, hit us yeah. up. And with 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 this conversation happening and this kind of we're at a, a the nugget of this idea, you know, it this can work in uh evolutionizing uh games with like these 
because again, to me, Siege is a good game mm-hmm. in itself right now. I'm not good at that game because I don't have that type of mentality to to do that strategic uh, strategic gaming. Call of Duty is boring to me ever since Call of Duty. Like I, I'm talking about classic Modern Warfare Two. Like that was my last. Like I was yeah. like. Then I also sucked at the game. Not so this like, Modern Warfare Two, which is a remake yeah. rehashing. Yeah, which supposedly was great. But anyway, that's besides the point. So yeah, that gets me back to like what games can do for society because a lot for the longest time games was always the bad guy or the scapegoat for most of the United States problems. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, gaming's actually helped a lot of people. So I wonder if going back to the police officer stuff, like how does it reinforce how they do things? And forget like the black people thing or person of color thing. It could just also mean like, hey, what do you do in this scenario? Yeah. Do you use your gun? Use your gun. No, you're wrong. You should be what? Calling this professional team to subdue this person or uh, meaning like someone to talk them down a mm-hmm. bit or using a taser to a certain voltage where you're not, you know, shocking them to death. Like it, there are these little things that's like, and then because you're failing these tests, you can't go out on the field. You know what I mean? Um, but that like, Get, like just this discussion right now makes me think of what games can do for society and yeah. for for our armies and stuff like that, which are, I'm not saying our armies is not perfect. I don't know much of how our armies, our navies, our, our marines do their trainings, but you know well, it's I mean, already in a sense in there with when it comes to like drone strikes. People are sitting in Texas or wherever they are, droning places, you know, dropping bombs. Half across, half a, uh, yeah, more than ever, you got like virtual reality is implemented in different fields, right? So, I mean, back in the day, you know, people used to say that video games help with uh, hand eye coordination, which is very true. There's a lot of studies, but you also have things of like, I've, I've read articles where race car drivers will play racing simulators to kind of get them in the headspace. Guitar players from different bands used to say that they would play Guitar Hero before to loosen up their fingers. You know, it's certain things just to get your brain into the function. I know our military uh, branches use, like, VR trainings and stuff like that. I mean, like, NASA uses it. Like, there's so many implications for it. And, you know, there's even a bunch for, like, the medical field. A lot of surgeons, they... they, I've read articles where surgeons play video games to help with their concentration and to help with their like finger movements and stuff. So there's, there are things that can help, you know, maybe it's not the traditional video game experience, but maybe if we make traditional video game experiences, make people think a certain way or help them, you know, think first before acting it'll have this trickle effect, you know, this domino yeah. effect where it'll help. Yeah. It'll help it, more it, than it should, I, Yeah. I, I would just hope it, it, it aims more at like, you know, we, we see with doctors, we see uh, we're hoping more of the AR stuff with, uh, uh, with firefighters, which is dope, which I've seen commercials for, which is not, it's not a real thing, but it's like something that they're working towards. Yeah. Same thing with police officers right now. Police officers are, and across the country, specifically our country, they're not in a good light right now for a long, very, very long time. I think this would be a good thing for, for them. Yeah. To just get them on the good side of, of the, the, the citizens. Yeah. 
definitely always always down for more training for everyone that helps citizens right whether it be doctors or uh our police force but more training is never a bad thing so with that we're gonna go ahead and wrap up the dockets and we're gonna dive into the weekly wrap so jay what have you been watching reading or playing what did i watch recently uh, that was so I'll get, uh, i was gonna say game of thrones um been watching gargoyles mm-hmm. um Man, it's not the way I remember it. It's so good. I remember, again, I was watching it as a kid, and I just remember, oh, Gargoyles is cool, because it, it came on the same block with, like, Batman, uh, animated series mm-hmm. and Superman. But it, it was just so good. I'm, I'm watching that. Like, that's part of my nightly block. Sometimes it's not part of my tsunami block. It's more of, like, when I'm in bed, and I know I'm, like, getting up late for work tomorrow, mm-hmm. the next day, I will watch, like, an episode or two. Okay. But I got to throw back my uh, my Men in Black, too, because I missed that. Um, and Jackie Chan Adventures. When it comes to my tsunami block, I'm watching uh, Outlaw Star still. Mm-hmm. Samurai Jack, gotta do it. Uh, there was one other one that I was just like, I wanted to talk about. Uh, ooh, speaking of Samurai Jack, so I watched the first episode of Gendy Tartakovsky's new show called Unicorn. Oh, Unicorn Heroes or whatever. Uh, Heroes Eternal, something yeah. like that. The first episode was just so weird. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. It like, looks very weird. I, it looks very weird. I he posted too because it came up on my explore page, and I'm like, wait, it's weird. I've never followed him before, so I started following him. Mm-hmm. And he posted a, a thing of this has been 20 years in the making, dude. We were 10 years old. He's been trying to make this for 20 years. Wow, that's intense. Yeah. And mind you, he just not just, but a couple years ago, maybe two, three years ago, he released Primal, which I'm still yeah. watching. I'm slowly watching because I didn't finish season three. But he released Primal. So this, it's just weird. So just from what I got from it, from just from the first episode, it seems like these Eternal Warriors are called out throughout time. Mm-hmm. So like the first episode took place, like the first scene took place in Egypt, like ancient Egypt. And then the next, like the crux of the first episode is in London. But it's weird. London looks very steampunky. Mm-hmm. So it's like in the 1800s, but with steampunk. Like, it's very, it's not even just industrial, like the Industrial Revolution. It's just it's the best. It's like very futuristic, but in a steampunk sense. Is it, it like a Bioshock Infinite kind of? And a, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's this robot, if you've seen the post, and for those, uh, I'll post that on, on, on our, our episode. Um, I'll post the link up. The robot carries this seal with a unicorn figure, and he goes to throughout time. So let's say you're one of the characters who is like a monk, and he goes through, uh, let's say, maybe before the 13 colonies were set up. Mm-hmm. I forget what era that is. But he goes, the robot goes to that time, and then he comes to you. You're, you're a Native American, you know, living their normal life, but he puts the soul of that being into you. So then you transform into that character who is a monk who is can do a lot of cool power. I, it's hard to explain. And when it's hard to explain, it has my attention. So that means I kind of know what's going on. I can't really explain it. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool. So in this episode, in the first episode, he's in, the robot goes into London and they, they kind of set up these two characters that are about to get married. And they're in this church. Everyone's there. 
the robot comes in. The, the groomsmen, all the men in the both sides of the family try to jump this robot, but the robot just goes, nope, get off me. Shoots this beam, you know, the seal opens up, shoots the beam at the, the bride. And the bride is, like, gone. She's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. But, like, the body's still there, but the soul takes yeah. over. It's kind of like taking, uh, what's the word? Not, uh, like a body snatcher not, or something. Like a, it's like a possession, kind of, yeah. But, she so the character kind of changes some of their looks. So like the char- the bride had like red hair, red brown hair. So when she transforms, her her gown goes black because she is actually a character that has a black gown and black hair. Mm. So her hair turns black. It's like one of those things. But she kind of looks like the, the original being. And she goes, "I'm not this person." I think it was like L or something. Mm-hmm. But when she leaves and she flies, she just realizes she's like, "Oh, oh crap! I'm flying!" And she falls. Robot catches her, and now she's like. She doesn't know who she is. Mm-hmm. So it seems like there was a, an issue when that transformation, probably because of love. There was like a, the like maybe the original love. person is like fighting back a little bit. It's okay. like, yeah, the, yeah, it's very weird. And it has the primal and samurai Jack esque of it. Again, mm-hmm. it's, it's Gendy Tartakovsky. So it's like these quiet moments. Like the last five minutes is very quiet. And I'm like, no information was just, it's just you see them. So the robot transforms. She rides him like across the city and then stops at a stoplight, looks at a, a police officer. Police officer like opens one eye and then she just looks with her le- eye mm-hmm. and it just comes back and they just drive off. And that was the end. Of it. I was like, it's just such a long, unnecessary scene, but it's it's a very Gendy type of show. And you know what? Um, I applaud that because there's so many shows, forget it, like Western shows, there's never freaking silence in like a cartoon exactly. or something that's why we love samurai jack and 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 oh look the, the 2d clone wars yeah and you know it's something where like anime is some of them they'd have these silent moments and then when it gets dubbed into english you know they're continuously talking but i i almost crave those well, back then that was a, that was yeah. a more of the thing not not, not, not really now no 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 but it, it's it's like i crave those moments of silence for like exposition right the only one that i can think of that you know from our childhood that did it and like it was like a half step really because it it still was western and they still didn't have a lot of moments of quiet was um avatar last airbender i think that series had some moments where it was very reflective and quiet and even when the characters continued talking it was very like very very quiet moments and like just and they had episodes like meditate like, meditative pretty much you know yeah especially episodes that were focused on specific characters like zuko or katara yeah they had their moments uh even in in some of legend of korra but then again you're trying to keep people's attention with a with a new uh avatar but yeah it's it's such a good show um I mean, it's, it was a good episode that has me, has my attention. Like, I, after this, I might want to just watch another episode. So there's three episodes out right now. Uh, so that's part of my block. Um, I took a pause on Ranking of Kings because I was like, let me just go finish these other shows. Mm-hmm. Just today, because season two has been out for so long, I just was like, let me just pop this in. Watch the first episode of Bel Air season two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Man, this is going to get me going. Cause I remember when I watched the first season, I remember I was just like trucking along. I was like, I actually watched it all. Yeah. And I didn't wait weekly because I guess it stacked up and I just watched it. 
Um, this one, everything is out, so I'm gonna give it a. I didn't even uh, know season two was out yet for Bel Air. It's been out. It's been out for a long time, and I knew it was there. I just that's so weird. I didn't even know that their marketing is a little weird. Yeah. But then again, you you have Peacock. I'm sure. It, it, I don't know why it never showed up on yours, unless you just never cared to or haven't been on it when it was marketing for it. Maybe even for me, I wasn't. Like, Maybe on I Peacock. did, and I just yeah. missed it. Like I just wasn't paying attention. You know. Yeah. So that I watched the first episode. It was a nice. It was cool. I'm just, I'm excited to see what drama happens this season Mm -hmm. because, like, the things from the last season kind of like picked up where or picked up where the last season left off, but it was like tied tied up in a neat bow in the first episode. But it was like, okay, new drama is going to start because it's always at the end of the first episode. So I was like, okay, I want to see what happens. There was a very sci, not sci-fi, a thriller, Mission Impossible, James Bond thing that just happened in this episode. So. Long story short, Will Smith is in school and he calls Jeffrey to come through. Um, and he's like looking for him. You know, the camera pans. Mm-hmm. And then when it pans back, he's just standing there. He's like, You're looking for me? He's like, Yeah, you're doing all this spy stuff. And I'm like, He just showed, he's just there. Like, he just appears yeah. after the camera pans. It's like, How do he just, it, that's just the very like fictional thing out of a grounded show. Mm-hmm. That just threw me off. That, that took me out of it. I was like, Why did this happen? Like, we know he's cool. We know Jeffrey has a past. Yeah. We don't know what, like, from the first season, you think he was in a gang back in England. Mm-hmm. But now it seems like, is he part of, like, uh, what's the, what's the, it's not double O. What's the MI6? UK? Yeah. yeah. He's like, is he part of MI6? Like, because he's good at finding things out. Mm-hmm. But it seems like he had, he's, he was either part of a gang or he was in a gang and part of MI6. So mm-hmm. that's what it's leaving me up to. <laughs> Again, if you watch the show, I know you. I think that's going to be one of your favorite characters, him and Jazz. Mm-hmm. I think those will be your two favorite characters. But yeah, and then reading uh, Magic Order, so finally I got more into it. It's so, it's such a, it's like what Harry Potter wishes it could be. <laughs> like, it's careful. We're gonna get a bunch of Harry Potter fans killing us. Whatever. <laughs> um, for example, so everything is basically magic. There are different planes, there are different existence, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's this, so what, the thing about Magic Order, there's this family. I, I Right now, I'm, I'm just in the beginning, so I don't know everyone's names. But basically, someone died and passed the book. So let's say I'm your brother. I pass the book to you instead of to my daughter. So my daughter feels resentful. Okay. And she's like, nah, I want that book, blah, 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 this and that. So she starts killing off this magic order because the magic order is this group they're basically the justice league of this the, the protecting the world from magic um cool thing is that the the magic order was a part of world war ii like they were like nazi uh, magic people so it was dope mm. and um that daughter of you know that daughter of mine in one of the part of the stories she goes back in time and witnesses like they're gonna fight the nazis and then like that her ancestors like, wait, you're from the future. Like, yeah, from like 2003. I was like, oh man, like they, it's really dope how they just interconnect things. Huh. But one of the scariest two, okay, two things I want to say about this, and I don't know if this may interest you. I can't wait to see this become a show. Um, it's part of is written by Mark Miller, so yeah. Millerverse. Um, two dope things. So this character, her dad impregnated a woman because he's a womanizer the woman was like i'm gonna get an abortion so she the 
and in its infancy, still not even like I think three or four months in the belly, for some reason uses magic to escape the abortion. Sick. So I'm sick. Love it's it. so beast. She said, F abortion. And what she did was impregnate the nurse. Yes. So the nurse decided, I'm just going to keep this baby. And then. But like, is that. this fetus conscious of the decision or was it like a instinct it, it's, it's a very, kind of thing? Like, think of it as like the force. Like the midi chlorians had something to do with it. Uh. Like that. Think of it like that. So it was just, a, it was, but the thing is, Think about it. As babies, we're all instinctual. So yeah. I think that's what it was. So like to say like, like self-preservation, it was just like, all right, I'm gonna peace out over here. I'm just here. gonna because I know I'm in danger. Yeah. Do my thing. But the cool thing about this character, so she she's telling her backstory. So when she's telling you, you see this, she's an escape artist. So that's so that's dope. so funny, bro. That's so good. So <laughs> it's that's what I'm saying. This is what Harry Potter wishes it could be. It's so cool. Now uh, the, the the scariest thing. Ooh, the scariest thing. Reading this, I was like, I can't. I would. Ne- My claustrophobia kicked in. Mm-hmm. So the the bad guy in this in this where I'm up to is killing off um the ma- members of the magic order. Okay. I think the first or one of the first few that she kills off. This black guy is part of the magic order. Mm-hmm. Also, they live double lives, so they live mundane lives. This guy's like a UPS. You know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith kind of deal, I'm assuming. In a sense, yeah. So the woman goes up, you know, they're across the street, and you see the guy carrying a box, but he notices them because you see it in one of the panels, it's the uh, viewfinder of the camera. Mm -hmm. So you just see this this look, and he like looks over, and the guy snaps, takes a picture of him. So it's a magic item. It captured him. So when the, you know, the film comes out, you see him like scared. He's trapped mm. in this darkness. And the woman is talking to him. It's like, wow, look at your face, blah, blah, blah. And just crushes the thing, killing him. And it reminded me of uh, Get Out because of like the sunken place. Yeah. But I think it's like, it's the sunken place where you can't move. So oh, that's so where my like, class of It's the sleep paralysis place. <laughs> yes. That's think so of it as like the Phantom Zone. Somewhat like the Phantom Zone, but from like Christopher Reeves' Phantom Zone, like that. And then I stopped reading, and I was like, I will not want to live in this universe. So, two dope things: one super scary, and one equally dope. Because that escape artist was is so dope. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. Okay. That, and then playing Jedi. Um. Uh, it just feels good to be be a Jedi. That's all I was say. Yo, I got the Claymore saber, and it I feel like a war, like a knight in shining armor. I love it, and that's all. I'll leave it at that. That's awesome. Okay, for me watching, oh, me and the misses crushed um, Queen Charlotte, the Bridgerton spinoff. Uh, mm-hmm. We watched that this last week. It was we split it up into like three days. Um, it was actually very well done. For those that don't know, Bridgerton, as well as Queen Charlotte, is created by Shonda Rhimes, who also does, like, every show your girlfriend, mom, or wife ever talks about. So, Grey's Anatomy... One of them notably being, yeah. Grey's Anatomy is the biggest one, and fun fact, everyone, it got renewed for season 20, the 20th yeah. year of that freaking show. The characters that... 
the character's not even there anyway. If you do another missed opportunity there, I'm just going to take you off of your tangent. Why is it called Grey's Anatomy if they're not in the show? Just call it Anatomy at this point. Or whatever. So she's done that, how to it's get how to get away with murder, scandal, um rescue did she do rescue me? She did one of those rescue uh, shows. I think she, one of those firefighters. Yeah, one shows. of those like firefighter shows. Anyway, it's all the ones that the women love. That's literally that's her thing. She she crushes it. And Queen Charlotte was actually very well written. I loved the character development throughout oh and private practice just one that was private practice was the other yep yep um you know bridgerton originally uh i think it got a lot of its fame from like the steamy moments right with the duke and the duchess there's a lot of like sex scenes and stuff in season one season two they pulled back a little bit there was still some but uh it wasn't as aggressive uh season and then this queen charlotte it's very much story driven i enjoyed it a lot um even though i'm not a fan of like bridgerton and all that that's really my wife's deal but i enjoyed it 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 was very well written a lot of history baked into it too so you know it's a work of fiction but they incorporated some historical bits obviously a love story through and through and you know it, it was just it was very good it was very good and the characters like i said written very well so watch that i I'm watching The Office. I took a break from that 70s show. Uh, I took a break from SpongeBob, watching The Office, and oh my gosh, I'm watching One Piece. Uh, I feel like I'm watching something else. I said One Piece already. I know, I know. But that's what I was just pointing to for the for the viewers to see. To see your shirt. Uh, why I purposely wore the shirt knowing you oh that's what it was (laughs) um yeah i feel like i saw movies or something and i just can't remember now i feel the same way but it's just not popping watch it come to me like later on yeah but okay so i mean those were like the big ones and then reading no playing i took a break from Fortnite the last couple days because i got both Tears of the Kingdom and Jedi Survivor. So I literally was just able to crack open Jedi uh like an hour or so ago. Like, you know, before the show. Like I finally had some time to sit down because I like I know the beginning of that game I wanted to devote an hour to easily. Yeah, it's one of those things. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where it takes place, but it's 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 always in every video game. It's always the prologue phrase, like the where where you get your feet wet. Yeah, and you do want to spend some time because I did that and I got past that point. Uh, my friend was like, "Yeah, I'm still at this place," and I'm like, "Bro, you you need to dedicate that time because it's like again, and it's what I told you last week or two weeks ago. It's such a great thing that you get all your abilities. You you'll and you'll notice that you'll get all your abilities from the last game. You're not going to be retreading stuff." There's stuff that they add, and it's from the trailers, like the dash in the middle air. Like yeah. that's something you will get. It wasn't in the first game, stuff like that. But you have everything what you learn. Yeah, and it's um, great that you like, like you said, have all the powers and stuff because you start off feeling so strong and so good, and it's just like yeah. combat is flawless. The parry system is absolutely beautiful. It's even more, it's even more tighter than it is. 
Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, the, the little finishers that you can do chef's kiss. Um, and I, I'm loving, like, I'm one that I like to look around, like, every corner and stuff to find. Yeah. So you definitely do that. Definitely do that. I've already found a bunch of stuff, which is crazy because I'm only on the first level. So I, I ended my playthrough right, um, well, my session or whatever, right at the first, like, mini boss, that droid, the security droid. Oh, so yeah, I, you, you cracked it open. So, yeah, of course not. Yeah. So I've only put in, like, 40 minutes, maybe, you know? And then, you know, I stopped to to do the show but um before that i you know i made the mistake of getting tears of the kingdom and uh, jedi at the same time That's why i didn't buy it so That's why i didn't buy it i like you know and erica is still playing hogwarts so over the weekend That's why i didn't buy that oh <laughs> I, fin- I finished hogwarts by the way i finished that oh. um last oh, week nice. uh great great ending the it's so fun it seems like you just went you you went in and just went for story like just to, yeah so i mean i did a lot like i did a lot of stuff i did a lot of stuff i did like you know a bunch of side quests and things like that i can continue to spend hours in there like there's so much to do yeah. erica is planning on 100 percenting this game and i explained to her what platinuming was and she was like oh i think i could do that and like went through the trophy list she clicked she spent one play session Dude, she was like for five hours clearing out every icon on the map that was available. And then there's a point in the story where you go to another section that opens up the map further. So now she has that piece to go and like go through. But um, yeah, no, she's she's all about getting every inch of it. Um, At the end, there's one post content thing that I didn't do because you would have to like hunt down these, you know, collectibles. And I was like, um, I'm OK. I got the end of the story and all that. Um, it's fun. It's literally the ending of a Harry Potter movie. It's it's really cool. Nice. So that it was a fun ride. It was that game is just for like little things. I would give it like a nine point five, but it's so close to a ten. That game is yeah. so beautiful. It, I will I will definitely get my hands on it. But the thing is, it's like it's it's massive. I I, put, I, I the thing is, I put my I kind of put myself in a corner because i did jedi mm-hmm. i waited to get jedi but things i knew myself if i got hogwarts i was gonna stop playing just to play jedi but then i'm like i know i'm gonna finish jedi and then get tears of the kingdom which seems like tears of the kingdom is crazy so dude it is like uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get into that so because okay. i had finished hogwarts like thursday or friday i made it a point to finish the game and then I think it was Thursday. And then in the weekend, me and Erica played uh, a couple times like during the day. Um, I think we played Friday, Friday night and Saturday during the day. Anyway, while she was playing, like she was taken up to PS5. So I started playing Tears of the Kingdom now. And that's also a game where I can play like, you know, while I'm laying down or whatever. Like I played, I played it last night. It is so... Like, it, there's no other experience besides your first time playing Breath of the Wild. You're in this, and I was over here kind of expecting a lot of stuff to carry over. It does not. Yeah, So, and I there was an article blurb about how, like, something carries over. It reads your, like, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, wild. so it reads, it's, it's your horse. So whatever yeah. horses you have registered, and I've played Breath of the Wild, like, three or four times. So... The horses that I thought I had registered, I forgot I had started a new file, so it wasn't the same ones. Got it. 
But yeah, nothing comes over. The game takes place like my best estimate and what I've read is like between three and five years after Breath of the Wild. It, it's a whole, it's the same map, whole different experience. It's a brand, yeah, I think it's just like brand new game. It, yeah, I think what it, from my understanding, it's same map, but now you can go vertical. Yeah, there's some parts where you can't go vertical. You're in in the sky. Most They're called sky vertical, islands, yeah. and you go and like you, the beginning of the game, the whole tutorial, which I spent like that tutorial area. I spent like three or Matt. four hours on. Sounds like me and Spider Man one. I sp- I spent so long there, and Erica, like when I finished, I was like, "Babe, I'm just done with the tutorial," and she was like, "What?" So I I've seen stuff where people are saying they're finishing this game in eighty something hours, and that's that's not a hundred percenting the game. That's doing stuff yeah. as it comes. Speaking of that, so you can it's like that's the average time, and but the speedrunners, speedrunners out there again, this yeah, ready they broke it in ninety minutes. Out. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, but the first game too, someone did yeah, the same someone thing. Did the same they thing. just went straight to the you, end, you, and they were like, literally, you can. I saw how they yeah. did it. And you could do that. There's nothing holding you back. Yeah. And you, it's just what's crazy is that you have to be nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you can't, you got to learn, no, whatever, whatever, parry, all those things, block, you just got to be those, nice. Because the little monsters, when, because you start off with three hearts and they explain right. why all your equipment goes away and all that, they do a really good job. But you start off with, th- oh, okay. They, you start off with three hearts, the little monsters one shot you. So, yeah, but they, you know, they, they introduce Ganon's new form. They explain like how you lose everything. It all makes narrative sense. They explain like your new abilities because you remember you used to use the, C- the Sheikah Slate. You don't have that anymore. You have a different thing, and your abilities don't even come from that thing. It comes from something else that you receive. So yeah, they explain it all. You get all your abilities as you go, and the abilities like breathe new life into the world too because it's such a different set of abilities from the ones that you were used to. So it, it's incredible. And I know I'm going to spend like a hundred hours on it. So oh, yeah. I was playing that. And because I had finished Hogwarts before I got Jedi and before I got tears of the kingdom, I started like an idiot ratchet and clank rift apart. I think you can finish that quickly because compared to like when I was doing it, it seemed like I was taking forever, but it's just because I wasn't playing. So, but knowing your play, your with with because you have a little not I don't want to say time. You have more time at your home. Yeah, you have access. You're close to your game. You can you can get through it, so, and it's not a hard game. Yeah, no, it's not a hard game. I'm actually playing on. They have four difficulties. I'm playing on the third, like the harder one. And there's some pieces that were bothering me, but. um it's a great game so far. I love it. It's very insomniac. Um, I played it and I'm into it now because it's a, it's like a fun action game. I don't have to think too hard about it and it's quick pace. So I'm not like bogged down by playing it. Exactly. That's not like I'm playing three massive games at the same time. It's, I have Zelda, yeah. which is huge. I have uh ratchet and clank, which is kind of like my, if I don't want to think I could play that game because it's just action. And then, uh jedi which i just started today which is going to be a, a more like narrative like compelling exactly. story Literally, exactly. so i have those exactly. three on the dock that i've been playing um been juggling it but uh 
I mean, it's going good so far. Check in next week, see if I like lost my mind. But I think that's it, right? We did the weekly round. Yeah, I'm not playing anything else. So, question for you, because I know you're such a snob about this. Did you get it digitally or physically? What do you think? Oh no, I know the answer. I, just I got them both it. physically. What do you think? I'm crazy. I don't trust computers. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? I have no, Ratchet no. and Clank is is digital. I forgot. I picked it up at a sale like forever ago for like twenty bucks, and it's just been sitting there because that I had ho- because I had Hogwarts and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I got, yeah, I got both of those. I, I got Ratchet and Clank. I but. I was gonna say I was disappointed with uh jedi because the cover doesn't flip it doesn't when it came in the mail it was this is this plastic and then the disc and then i was like, I was like yeah. dude what the hell like it made me it made me think i was like i should have just got it digitally that's what but it made me feel i, just, I think it, the thing about me is that I, I i guess back then pre-orders made sense pre-orders don't make sense no. anymore there's no need for it Unless you want to spend two hundred dollars and get like a metal case, like the, yeah, like if you're trying to get those like bigger editions and like the statue, and you really love that thing, yeah. like I remember the last, I, I can't remember the last time I did something like that was probably oh, uh, not just Halo, but um, Final Fantasy. I did it for Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. like the new one coming out. I did it for that. I pre-ordered it, mm-hmm. and it's the bigger edition because I love Final Fantasy. But like something like Star Wars, I didn't see a need to get the new ones because it was just like. It was it was just gonna be the same thing, but the covers difference, yeah. like something edition is like it's not a big deal. And then yeah, I don't think I'm gonna do anything crazy. And then for Switch games it's just always been digital except the Mario, uh the the what's that? Is all is it Mario All Stars, right? Oh um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got that digitally and physical, but the physical is still wrapped because they don't make them anymore. So I was like, I, I have this. I have the a physical copy up there, just waiting. Don't you have two? I might. Because it's I still have wrapped, my right? own. I have my own physical copy, and then I have a wrapped one. I might have two up there. I don't even know. That's, I have, that's I have to... what I remember. But yeah, I just because the thing is, it's like when I get to a point in my life where I can be out and about because i don't trust myself to be in the train mm-hmm. with them. it's trust myself and trust people around me yeah with the portability of switch uh when i get to that point i would like to have just all my games there uh and not have to worry about cartridges it's just there carrying cases have the cartridge sleeves sir yeah i do have a carrying case but i'm telling you like depending on the game um what game it is what what uh what uh type of friend whatever i like like let's say you decide to throw halo on the switch i'll probably like, yeah i'll do it but uh it's just always just gonna be digital and sitting in there i did purchase the extra space just for it mm-hmm. so i can just have all my games i'm not even maxed out on it so yeah no me neither they're never gonna drop the price for zelda but i'm just still gonna wait on it because i'm like i'm not gonna spend money on something i'm not gonna be playing right now yeah. so i'm just gonna focus on jedi and get on zelda Maybe Hogwarts will come between now and Spider-Man, but once Spider-Man drops, it's it's that over life right yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm in the same boat. So I gotta well, I can have the Switch game and the PlayStation game at the same time, but I can't have multiple like I'm gonna have to finish off Ratchet and Clank and Jedi before I play Spider-Man. But 
with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. We will stick behind uh, this week to do another uh, After Dark. Mainly because Jay over there is uh, leaving us for a different country next week. So we will not be recording an episode next week. We're going to take the week off and then come back the following. So as always, you can uh, follow us on Twitter, The Average Jays, Instagram, The Average Jays Podcast. We have a TikTok. We have a YouTube where the streams go up and the After Darks go up as well as a separate segment. Um, I always mess that up, but they do go up there. But the only place that you can catch it live and interact... Exactly. The real raw. The real raw in the moment is twitch.tv slash the average Jays. We do the episode, go for about an hour and a half, and then after that we stick on for about another half hour, forty minutes to do J and J after dark, where we are unfiltered, unedited. So thank you all for listening and stick around for the after dark. We'll we'll talk to you in a bit. Be safe, everyone.